Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard. Versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Watson Lambrand. I'm joined, as always, by my brother on the west side of Los Angeles, Nando Vila. What's going on, brother? Good, man. Just got back from New York. Your hood, you know? Yes, sir. I was, uh, I was representing in the Big Apple, you know? That's what all the locals call it. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> oh man, I, I saw that you was eating slices of pizza. You, I saw that you were getting yelled at by construction workers. Hey, I'm working over oh, here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, man. Shout, shouts to all the 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 ethnic white New Yorkers, man, Italians, Irish people, the Polish people. Dude, I was staying on Mulberry Street, um, and it's the San Gennaro. Little Festival. Italy, of course. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was, but it's, it's taken, it's been taken over by Latinos, you know, like of there's course. no Italians anymore. And it's all of like, course. guys, there's like one guy selling sausage and peppers and, and like shit. <laughs> And then everyone else is like selling arepas and, and, and uh, yeah, you know, this like, and there's yeah. no Italians living in Manhattan anymore. That's done. They're they're all in the outer boroughs in New Jersey now. So that's just how that that goes. Anyway, man, we got a big show today because again, man, it's it's been an incredible summer for labor. Uh, obviously, we heavily covered um, the UPS workers and the Teamsters and their victory. Um, in their contract negotiation. And now uh, the UAW, the United Auto Workers, have struck against the big three, man, Ford, GM, and whatever Chrysler's called now. Um, and, yeah, they, they're they doing a stand-up strike, so which means that they're not striking 
every single plant all at once. They're strategically, um, as the, the union president, Sean Fain, says, they want to deploy as little workers as possible to inflict as much harm as possible as to not deplete, as to not deplete the strike fund so that they can yeah. keep it going as long as they possibly can. Um, and yeah, man, uh, they, 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 <laughs> they, they gave, they gave the bosses their demands. Nando, and we'll get into some of those demands. Um, and the bosses were like, oh, screw that. They, they, their counter demands were not serious at all, which if any of you have had any negotiations with your bosses, their first offer is always going to be a pittance and crap. Like that's just what they're going to do every single time. Um, and so they went on strike. To be like, guys, you gotta you gotta come to the table in good faith, um, and actually negotiate with us and our legitimate union concerns. But yeah, man, um, this has been a long time coming. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but in March, Sean Fain was elected union president in the very first democratically elected union president of the UAW. We're talking about 100 freaking years of this union, and they used to have this delicate delegate system, which was obviously corrupt, until they went to one member, one vote system, and Sean Fain was the first uh, winner of that system, and he ran on a platform of worker militancy, of <laughs> radical dissent from the bosses because the previous presidents, Nando, as has been the case in the past, unfortunately, in the labor movement, these guys were too cozy with the bosses. And so they were getting very unfavorable deals. Sean Fain ran a candidacy that was like, no, we're going to be way more militant. We're going to claw back some of our freaking benefits and wages. And because of that, they're on strike right now. And yeah, man, they're not playing with these fools, Nando. Yeah, no, I mean, I find it interesting that 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 the two two of the more powerful private sector unions in the country, especially the ones that kind of cut to the heart of American manufacturing and logistics, mm -hmm. the the Teamsters and and the UAW, um, within a year, both had corrupt kind of a common uh, leadership that is you know conformist to to the bosses. Uh, and that has been like that for decades, thrown out by by reform militant labor leaders from within the rank and file. Um, I think it's maybe the most encouraging political development in America in a long time. Like, I mean, in, 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 when I talk about a long time, I'm talking about like 30 years. <laughs> I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it is, uh, th there is no, I mean, we've talked about it a million times in this show and it bears repeating. There is no progressive change ever anywhere in the world without organized militant labor. That's just, that's like, it's just like, that's just the reality. You know, you, you look at something like the civil rights movement, the leaders of the civil rights movement were, were inspirational heroes, but they needed the support. They were buttressed of, by the labor movement. By the 100%. labor movement. There's no, exactly. there's no ways about it. And that was key in getting those reforms across the finish line. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it just doesn't happen without labor. It just nothing happens. I mean, the, the counterpoint to that is the, the, the inspirational and widespread protests after George Floyd. So the largest protests in the history of this country um, basically achieved nothing because nothing. they were not buttressed by labor. 
Um, wasn't the labor, union, by labor. the labor movement didn't support them. It's just that the labor movement is weak. You know, it's um, it's weak, and all of that, um, all of that dissent, Nando, it just evaporates into nothing if there's no organizing principle behind it. Like they, they're not tied to any institution whatsoever, right? Um, like when you see a lot of the uh, sort, like you know, something like the abortion anti-abortion movement yeah as as much as we disagree with some of the more militant factions of that movement it's organized by the damn church yeah by evangelical christianity yeah. in america like that's or the guns. institution or guns they got like, the you nra can, if you see the nra as like a kind of labor union for gun owners you yeah. know you can kind of see it that way and that they it's not really it's obviously not the same thing but it's a it is a very well organized organization that can deliver meaningful votes to candidates in in key races to actually flip the balance they can power. get they can move a masses of people in a snap they can get yeah. the message out they could be like this is what we're organizing against and they can do it like that and that's the benefit of an institution but you know um before we get even get more into um, Sean Fain, uh, I just want to give people some some numbers here, just a couple of numbers that that you guys will love. One, um, I watched a clip online somewhere. I wish I would have saved it uh, for today's show, but of course, CNBC, who is folks, just so you know, CNBC is the enemy of labor, is the enemy of the American worker. They of go course. out and they propagandize their viewers um for the um to the talking points of the management corporate shareholder class that's who they speak to that's whose interest they care about broadcasting and propagandizing the rest of us just understand when you're watching cnbc they are the enemy they are our class enemies at cnbc know that first and foremost but one of the ceos i don't remember if it was ford or gm one of the big ceos gets up there and he's like these workers are asking for $300,000, you know, salaries increases, you know, I mean, talk about like teachers are making like 50 and 60 and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, this is why I want these people to go out and get and, and start giving their messaging for their cause. Cause it's fucking hilarious because let's just, let's just flip that over. What are you guys making as CEOs as comparison to school principals or high school deans? Like, if they're the CEOs of that same system that you're talking about, that these guys, oh, they shouldn't make as much as teachers and whatever. All right, so what are deans and high school principals making and compared to you guys? I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like this idea that you would get up there and be like, these workers don't deserve this money because teachers don't make that is is absolutely absurd. Um, Just so people have an understanding, and, and I can speak to this because I bought a freaking Ford last <laughs> December, um, this past December of last I drive year. A Jeep, I drive a Jeep Wrangler, which is also Lord, a truck right now. Lord have mercy. They are tech. These cars are not cheap, folks. Yeah. And them things are flying off the lot okay 65 percent profit increase within the big three over the last four years guys sick that's yeah. six this is unprecedented profits being generated here um the ceo uh one of these ceos marie barra she made 29 million dollars in 2022 She's made $200 million since 2014. 
Okay. $200 million. This is professional athlete contracts we're talking about here (laughs) for these CEOs. Like this is nuts. The amount of money in one year, no professional athlete makes 200 million in one year. Exactly. And guess what? And guess what? Over the course, Joe Burrow of, was that was it? Joe Burrow's was like two hundred million dollars for three years, right? Or of course, years. of yeah. course. And and guess what? Over the course of all of this profit being made, did the employees' benefits see an increase? No. Did their wages go up? No. no. Have the increase? Um. Have the have the conditions gotten better? It's like, yo, we're we're you know we're being this productive, providing this much. We're, we're <laughs> the surplus value of these people's labor is just like it's unreal how much is just accruing to the top. Um, another stat I want to throw at you guys. Um, the wages of UAW workers represent 5% of the profits. 5%, yeah. guys. Yeah. 5% of the profits are going well, to the and, fucking But you know labor. where a good chunk of the, of the rest of the profits go? I mean, in the last 12 months, the, the big three uh, automakers, that, which are being struck, authorized $5 billion in stock buybacks. Of course. Which is basically just... Taking money from the cookie jar and putting it in your in the pockets of of capital of the owners, I you know. Mean, of course, of course, like, and, and that so is, that is not invest productive investment. That is just no, literally it's not making these cars money. better. No. It's not so we could be better than the Japanese automakers no. and be better. It's no, just putting it in your pocket. Yeah, Period. straight up. Yeah, and you know, and one of the you know one of the more interesting proposals that Sean Fain did, uh, was putting forth in as part of the negotiation was like. I forgot like what the what the actual number is, but like what the actual numbers were. But like anytime the company authorized like you know say like one million dollars in stock buybacks, like a certain percentage of that had to be tied to an increase in wages for Period. for the workers, which is what that is. I mean, that's what that is the 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 perennial fight under capitalism between labor and capital is over that. What percentage of the profits go to the workers, and what percentage of the profits go to the owners of of the labor of the of the company. And, um, and that's what that is like $5 five billion dollars in stock buybacks is literally just taking money from the company and putting it in the pocket of the owners. That's, that, that's basically what that is. And, you know, like if you, if you want to think about the, the, what you mentioned about the CEO pay disparity, I mean, it's the, the economic policy Institute came out it's with nuts. the studies. It's, it's fucking preposterous that the average CEO disparity, um, in America is, is 400 times their, their median worker. And that number has gone up 1,460 percent since 1978, which is more or less the year that the ruling class started fighting back um, from against the gains working class against labor. Um, that all the gains that labor had done in the post-war um, economy, like the ruling class, like didn't like that. And around the late 70s is when they started the neoliberal assault on on workers, um, and you know, culminating in, with Reagan's. Uh, um, firing of the air traffic controllers, which we'll get to yep. um, with our friend Tim Scott. But that since that time, since the since the counterattack from from the bosses in the late seventies, fifteen hundred percent growth in the disparity between the the CEO and the median worker. So, and uh, they haven't gotten fifteen hundred percent better at their jobs, folks. No, <laughs> it's not like no. today. They've arguably, CEO. they've arguably gotten worse. <laughs> yes, um, it's not like today's CEO is that much better. Today's worker is even more productive than he was in 1978. Yeah. That's the, like that's the craziest part. He's working harder. 
he or she is working harder and producing more, being more pr producing more and being paid less. Like this is the progress that these folks um, think they, and, and by the way, they, they want to keep going in that direction. These CEOs, they want to grind us into yeah, dust. They have to, they have to, that's the thing is they have to, they, that's, that's the, that's what, that's what you have to understand when you, when you understand Marxism is like, they have to. If if there's a CEO running General Motors that doesn't do that, he's going to get fired. fired and replaced by someone who That's will. It. Um, they they have it. to. It's like it's not a. It's not an There's no other way to do that. Choice. It is and, a systemic and, issue. And something that why me and Nando get so fired up and worked up about this thing is because these gains that these workers are fighting for. And by the way, since their first um, little wildcat strike. Uh, <laughs> Those 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 offerings from from management have only gotten better because guess what? They lose money by the day by doing this dumb shit. They are printing money right now yeah. off of the backs of the work of these workers. And so when they stop, when the workers are like, we're going to stop the freaking spigot. We're going to hey man, we're going to make it harder for y'all to make this money. They got to come to the table. And guess what? Those offers, the initial offering was a pittance. It's already getting better. Um, they're going to get something very closer to their demands. And another thing, again, why me and Nando get so worked up about this, this shit is not happening. It's these gains, these improvements to these workers' lives and conditions will not happen in Washington. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter who's the president. It doesn't matter who's controlling the House. doesn't matter who's controlling the Senate. doesn't matter who's, at the, who's in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. It will, these changes, no. these improvements will not accrue because of what's happening in Washington. Um, as a matter of fact, Tim Scott, imaginary girlfriend having Tim Scott, black Republican, 
<laughs> we we haven't gotten into the imagine. We it's for another episode. But we'll do a yeah, deep dive on the. We'll do a deep dive on Tim Scott and his yeah. imaginary girlfriend. But obviously, he's he's um he's trying to be uh running. He's trying to be the candidate for the Republican Party in the next presidential uh campaign. He was at a campaign stop, got asked about UAW workers, and this was his response. Jerv, please cue that up for us with the big black ball-headed milk dud head ass Tim <laughs> Scott Scott. Ronald Reagan gave us a great example when federal employees decided they were gonna strike. He said, You strike, you're fired. Simple concept to me. To the extent that we could use that once again, absolutely. Ronald Reagan gave us a great example. Yeah. You know, that's illegal, was he just didn't realize that because it's it's one of the, I almost he probably didn't even know it was illegal because there's just been so little there's labor. No talk. He, yeah. There's no why he's would never he had know to deal with that? Law. Yeah. He's never like, had to deal with that. Yeah, no, you know, there's so. no worker militancy, there's no unions to crush, there's no unions to bust. They so thoroughly just kicked the union labor's ass over the last three decades that he, why would he be um, I'm caught up on labor law. And yeah. then, of course, we don't, you know, we don't need to be typical nerds, leftist nerds about the fact that, you know, the 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 freaking those were public sector employees uh, that Ronald Reagan w- was crushing as far as uh, that that labor union. Obviously, the auto workers are private sector uh, and like we don't even need to get into it. But the tone deaf nature of the idea that if workers go out and try to improve their conditions, they should just get fired. Even Don, and this is why Donald Trump is just smarter than them. Cause yeah. like these, these things that are Republican orthodoxy, stuff like Medicare, stuff like um, Social Security, uh, Republican orthodoxy that you should try to crush that at every turn. Donald Trump's like, nah, hell no, those are great. Let's keep yeah. them alive. Donald Trump's like, yo, I'm about to go check those UAW workers. Sometimes Republicans, <clears throat> like- a lot of Republicans get high on their own supply and they don't realize that a huge part of their agenda is unpopular and that they, you know, they need to not talk about it ever. Yeah. Talk about it ever. Just kind of quietly implement them in the shadows, you know, but they, they forget and they, they don't know that like they're so in their own bubble that they don't know that this shit is um, highly unpopular. You know, Trump has way better political instincts than, than any of them. Cause He's actually, you know, this is a funny thing that's already happening with the Dems too, but he's saying he's going to go to the picket line and talk to the workers, you know? Like, no, the he's Republicans probably not going like, to do it, but he said it though. He's talking about it. He's hinting towards it, you know, et cetera. But, and then like, you know, you mentioned abortion, like Trump gets asked about abortion. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not like, you know, he doesn't <laughs> like to go in, you know, he's like, I don't want to talk about that. You know, like, <laughs> it's just not, he knows it's unpopular. Um, and these, these like Republicans just like keep on, um, they just keep on like stepping in it Sticking because they don't realize their agenda is super unpopular. Like, I, and by the way, like this whole Tim Scott, this is why you can't win. This idea that you're just gonna in, invoke Saint Ronnie there and anything ever that Ronald Reagan's yeah. ever said or done is is perfect. Yeah, uh, it's just nuts. Like, bro, read read the room, bro. Yeah. But Waz, I, w- I need to read from this Politico piece uh, because when Trump said that, like it threw the Dems into a tiff. Like when Trump said he was gonna, he was gonna go to the picket line, you know, because like in any other kind of European society with like with the left party, with like a uh, you know the, the social democrats and of wherever, and, you know, like it's they're not gonna even fucking a yeah, not even a Hello? question. That's the Here point. the Dems are like. 
freaking out because they're like, well, should we send the labor secretary or should we send like the undersecretary of the whatever? Or should we send like an anonymous White House official or should we send Joe Biden himself? Like they just like don't know what to do because they're terrified of upsetting, you know, the bosses, both in the auto sector, but also just generally speaking, like the the corporate class would would see it as a huge betrayal if Biden went to the picket line. Um, but Trump is like, yeah, fuck it, I'll go. Um, and, um, <laughs> I gotta and, win. I and, have uh, to win. And this political piece quotes an anonymous Democratic strategist, and he says, like, quote, Trump scooped us. Now, if we announce we're going, it looks like we're just going because of Trump, said a national Democrat. Because strategist. it, but because it is. it is. We waited too long. That's the challenge. And it's just so funny. Like, it's just like, it's, God, it's just the oh. uh, you know it's just it's just hilarious that there is there is this hemming and hawing from the Democrats something that should be so blatantly obvious as like a very popular thing like you see there's been polling already and and I'll pull it up but there's been polling already about like the popularity of the of the auto strike and it's like in the fucking seventies you know what I mean, um, <laughs> I mean you know nuts. like yeah what if the Dems just ran on that shit. you know. We yeah. can't get in the seventies for shit, yeah. and the idea that these four and it's just God, man, it just exposes the truth of the Democratic Party. Like the idea that you that you have to hem and haw about something that is seventy percent polling in the seventies amongst voters about this thing that you're supposedly allegedly already on the side of yeah. is nuts. It's just nuts. And I just want to, you know, I just want to give, because we do have to get out of here, but I do just want to quickly read off the workers' demands, just so folks understand what these people, what these folks are striking for. Um, they want to restore a cost of living allowance that they gave up in the wake of the Great Recessions, concessions that were supposed to be temporary, but of course the bosses kept permanent. They're getting those back. Um a 40% raise in wages. Uh, the bosses countered with 20%. They said, go fuck yourself. Again, already, <laughs> that 20% is already going up, y'all, uh, which is fantastic. Shortening the progression of temporary workers um, to receive full benefits and putting an end to tears within the contracts. Again, the same thing as, a U as the UPS thing, this idea of creating this different tier and level of worker, which of course sows dissent. It sows this Unity. We're getting rid of that. We want everybody to be on one accord and be afforded the same securities. Um, uh, job security within the unions pro proposed working families protection plan, which would include the right to strike over plant closures, greater work life balance through more paid time off and holidays. Uh, I will note that the big three has already acquiesced and said they'll give Juneteenth off. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> They've already agreed to give Juneteenth off, which I'm sure everybody yeah. loves. Um, they want to ensure that the jobs that are created in the electric vehicle market are union jobs, which I think is big and is important because that's the future. Um and yeah, man, uh, uh, just uh, I, j I just love what Sean Fain is is doing. Um, he's just he's just taking he's just assumed that um, this is according to the intercept right here. Um, he has assumed a new posture for the union's leadership, for example, refusing to endorse Joe Biden for president until oh, yeah. he supports the UAW's efforts. 
to unionize EV um EV facilities and rejecting a ceremonial handshake with the auto manufacturer bosses before the start of the contract negotiations. I just love the work of militancy. And please, Jer, before we get out of here, play that clip of, of Sean Fain, man, and, and why the workers have felt emboldened in there. The solidarity is so freaking strong. Looking at this sea of red shirts today, I see power, power of united class. Around 13,000 of our members are on strike. And depending on what happens as we continue bargaining, more may be joining them really soon. In their economy, workers live paycheck to paycheck while the billionaires buy another yacht. In their economy, we make all the sacrifice and they take all the profit. In their economy, one of our workers would have to work 400 years to make what a CEO makes in one year. So we'll correct their economy because it only works for the billionaire class. Yeah. Well, who's scared? The corporate media is scared. The billionaire class is scared. And the big three is scared. They want to make you think you don't deserve your fair share. They want you to be afraid because they're afraid. They're afraid because they see their system where the billionaires keep everything crumbling. We have nothing to fear. I look around here, I see power, I see faith. And I see a working class that is fed up and fired up. I see working class people from all walks of life standing together. You all know what we need to do. And now the whole world knows what we need to do. When they tell us to sit down, we stand up. <laughs> yeah, I love you. It's fucking great. He's the man. He's he's the fucking man. And, um, you know, earlier we uh, put up a graphic uh, from a CNN poll, a very simple poll. And it just said, which side uh, of this do you sympathize more? You know, and it's 75 percent with the United Auto Workers, 19 percent with the U.S. auto companies and 2 percent neither. You know, it's just like people instinctively know what side they need to be on. It's just like the politicians don't know that. You know what I mean? Like how. Like, imagine if the Democratic Party just kind of rallied around this and, like, how much popularity they would, grow, they would gain in the most crucial area of the country electorally, which is the uh, the Rust Belt, where they lost the election in 2016. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, because yeah. Hillary refused, famously, ref, Hillary refused to go to a UAW uh, uh, meeting uh, in, in as part of her campaign. Remember that? That was like a, that was a very... Counted the uh, Democratic presidents. It's like a rite of passage. You go to the UAW thing because she wanted to quote unquote run up the score, Nando, in the rest of. <laughs> She was going to run up the score because she was just going to kick Donald Trump's ass up and down the country in the Electoral College. She wanted to run up the score because she just had them Rust Belt folks in the bag, Nando, yeah. um, which obviously proved to be untrue. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, again, in a situation in our economy, in our country where things every day just look bleaker and bleaker for normal, everyday Americans, this is the one ray of light that we have man is uh workers taking their their lives into their own hands man and bringing capital to its knees yep 
Yep. It's the only thing that matters in politics. This is the only thing that matters in politics. Like stop watching MSNBC or CNN or whatever. This is like literally the only story that matters. Also, shouts to Ibrahim Kenji X. What was his name, man? For, for Ibrahim for Kenji, the guy that how to be an anti racist. Yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. He wasted all them people's money, yeah. boy. He's oh, doing uh he's doing class war by just stealing money from uh, you know, forty three million dollars he ran just through poof. doing anti racism. Lord have mercy. It's all a grift fraud. It's Gone. all a fucking grift, guys. Um, this is, is he going to go to the picket line? Is he bringing Of Kendi course Kendi? not. <laughs> you shitting me? Um, it's all a freaking grift. Anyway, guys, that's our show for today. Thank right. you for joining us. Shouts to our guy, uh, John Trevay, man. Keeping, keep producing John Trevay, keeping the trains running on time. And of course, Nando, Nando Vila uh, being the dreamboat out on the west side. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Later.